is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs is in his 41st year as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. I wanted to tell you what a great service you provide to this community. I listen to your show every week. Thank you for what you do for our community, for all the parents, coaches, and athletes. And now, here's your host, rated one of the best therapists in Kansas City, Missouri, by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports. Yes, the mental side of sports, your mind, your attitude, your focus, your demeanor, how you deal with success and failure. I've been on the air for 31 years here in Kansas City. Our shows are podcasted everywhere. They're rebroadcast in a number of cities throughout the country. And I really enjoy doing this show with you every week as we get into your mind and your attitude and your focus. We talk about how you handle success and failure, how you handle an abusive teammate, how you handle parents on the sidelines. What do you do if you screw up and lose? What do you do if you fail? Obviously, those are issues we have to deal with all the time in sports. And of course, today is the Super Bowl, and there's a sort of a numbness in Kansas City here now since the Chiefs were not playing in this game today. A lot of people thought they were going to, and it looked like they were, but they didn't. So it's a a game between the Rams and the Bengals, and we'll know in about 15 hours what the score of that game is and who the champions are. You know, the NFL Hall uh, Hall of Fame announced their inductees the other day and Dick Vermeil was chosen to be to join the NFL Hall of Fame. He was on our show two weeks ago. Tremendous interview. If you want to hear a, a, a great person talk, that was a, a wonderful interview with him. I want to congratulate him for making the Hall of Fame. And just listening to him interview, interviewing him two weeks ago, you can tell why he made it. Because he cared about his athletes. He cared about what he did. He put tremendous emphasis into his demeanor, his focus, his preparation. You know, he talked about how he left coaching with the Eagles back in the 80s after they went to the Super Bowl because he was burned out. And how he ended up coaching the Rams and then the Chiefs and, of course, took the Rams to the Super Bowl and won it. But he discussed in that interview how he had to learn to set some balance and boundaries with himself because he was overdoing it, burning himself out. You know, when we look at championships, so much emphasis is placed on the athletes, but also on the on the head coach and the assistant coaches. And I think that's a topic I want to get into today more than anything else, because I think when we look at success and failure in sports, 
obviously a tremendous amount of it has to do with who coaches you, how you react and respond to them, how that coach motivates you or, or hurts you. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this as we get going today, uh, being that our show is February 13th. And 52 years ago today, my great uncle Hurst Jacobs died. He was a huge influence on me in my life, and he was the winningest trainer in horse racing history when he died. And he told me something that has I've shared numerous times on this show. Sports is the greatest theater in the world. Everyone knows their part, but no one knows what will happen. And that was a, a quote that stuck with me, and his son, my cousin Tommy, repeated it for me, reminded me of it many times. It just, it, it, it's something that that's really makes a lot of sense. Everybody's out to watch, but you don't know what you're going to do. Well, so much of what you do is reflected on the people around you and the people who support you. You know, the Olympics is going on now, and we're hearing, thankfully, so much talk about the importance of mental health, the psychological aspects of sports, something I've talked about on this show forever. I've been on the air for 31 years. I've talked about how important mental health is and as I've shared a lot lately, a lot of people have basically poo-pooed that. They've said, oh, come on, Doc, you gotta be tough. Well, to be tough, you've gotta be mentally strong and mentally balanced. You've gotta understand who you are, what you're about. And as a coach, you've gotta be able to do that with your athletes. You've gotta be a good psychologist, a good fr analyzer, a good friend, a good teacher, a good disciplinarian. You've got to wear many hats. But one of the things that I'm hearing more and more, and it, it, it concerns me tremendously, are about coaches that go too far with their athletes, push them too far. How do you motivate an athlete to get their best, to be the best? I want to get into that today and find out from you, if you are an athlete, what kind of coach do you need to motivate you, to challenge you, to push you? What kind of coach do you need that's gonna get the best out of you? But where is the point? Where's the point where a coach goes too far? Where have they pushed you too far? Where have they gone over the edge? They get angry, they get frustrated. I mean, coaches are people, they've gotta deal with their lives just like all, all of us do. One of the big words I talk about with everyone that comes to my office, the word balance. How do you balance things out? So I'd like to find out, if you're a coach, what's the best way to coach your athletes? How do you coach them effectively? And if you've gone over the edge before, I'd love to hear from a coach who, who's brave enough to call up the show, who's maybe gone too far with their coaching technique. They've pushed their athletes maybe a little too far. I hear this all the time in my office, but I'd love to hear from you. If you're a coach and you feel Maybe you've gone too far with motivating or pushing or disciplining. Why'd you do that? And, and would you be willing to share it with us? If you're an athlete and you've had a coach who's gone too far, why was that? What do you think the reason was? Was it trying to motivate you? Was it trying to push you? Was it trying to challenge you? Where does that come from? Why does that happen? You know, being the Super Bowl today, obviously the biggest game in football of the year. Emotions are high. And I know with a player I worked with a couple years ago, 
He was all hyped up before the game. He was, in fact, even talked to me beforehand, said the week before, said, Doc, man, I'm just, I'm just starting to get real nervous. And he played on the Chiefs. He said Coach Reed and his position coach are great. They've, they've been really good in terms of keeping everything in perspective. I said, look, I, I can almost assure you when you're in that game and you're out there a couple plays into the game, you'll be playing football. And indeed, he called me a couple days after and said you were right. He said, you know, the coaches were supportive. Everybody was in a positive way. But you're right, a couple days after, or a couple plays into the game, I was just playing football. I, I even forgot it was the Super Bowl till. We were about to win. And a lot of that comes from, I think, good coaching. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to hear from you. If you're an athlete, what's the type of coach you need to push you? You know, our producer, Blake Schneider, is going to join us here in a few minutes because he's played football he, into college. At the at, at, As we've shared many times, the greatest college cheer in the history of sports from his college, Austin P. Let's go P. Let's go P. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's a greater cheer <laughs> in any sport. When uh, I know at Vanderbilt we played Austin P. once, and the cheer I heard the cheer, and I'm like, oh my god, really? That's great. All right, so I want to find out today about quality coaching. What does it take? What does it take to be a good coach? If you're a coach, what do you think you need to do and learn about yourself? to be the best you can be. If you've gone over the edge before, I'd love to hear from you and see what you say, why that happened, and how you can control it. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour on our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking about psychology and sports, and today's topic is coaching. I'd like to hear from you. If you are a coach, how do you motivate your athletes? How do you handle them psychologically, emotionally? How do you understand them? You know, if we look at the world of sports, and we look at teams that make it to the championship being that today's the Super Bowl. Coaching is such a big part of that. Obviously, you've got to have great athletes and, and very talented athletes. But you also need to have great coaches who understand motivation, pushing an athlete to their limit, but also understanding where do you go too far. And in my profession, I hear so much about coaches at all levels, from youth sports to the professional level, who will sometimes go too far. They will try to motivate their athletes. They'll get ticked off and upset at them. And in, in, in an effort, in an attempt to try to push them, challenge them, they may say some things or do some things that may go too far. So I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. I'd like to see if a coach is brave enough to call this show today and talk about how do you coach your athletes? What is the best way to motivate them, to challenge them, to push them? And have you possibly gone too far in terms of that? If you're an athlete and you've had a coach who you think went too far with you, how did you deal with that? How did you handle that? How did you respond to it? One of the things I get all the time is this. 
I hear from athletes who are afraid to speak up. They're afraid to say anything to their coach because they're afraid of how they're going to react to them, respond to them. They'll get angry. I'll go, well, let me ask this question. If you're not happy with where you're at right now, why not say something? When's the best time to talk to a coach? When's the best time to communicate with them? Is it at practice? Well, obviously that's when you're there. But maybe if there's something bothering you, it's best to say, coach, can we talk? When's a good time to talk? And it's important. I always tell people, make a list of the things that bother you. Put it on paper. Put it on your phone. Have it there with you so you don't forget something. And bring up situations where it's bothered you. You know, Talk about motivation. Talk about challenging you. Ask them, what does it take? What do you think I need to do to get better? But coach, sometimes I think you go too far. Sometimes I think you challenge me. You go over the edge. You question my motivation. You question my desire. You question who I am. And I don't appreciate that. It's not easy to do that. You know, a good coach has to understand their athletes, has to understand how you push them, how you challenge them. But where's the point where you go too far? Like I said, I I hear, I have, there's a college soccer coach, female soccer coach. Well, it's a man, but he coaches women. And I've had several young ladies in my office where this guy has gone too far. He's pushed them too far. One actually was injured and played hurt, and he questioned whether she was really hurt made her go out and play and she got hurt even worse and ended up being out for the rest of the year. And another one, he's been he's been verbally abusive to until she stood up to him. And it was interesting because she stood up to him and said, as she was a freshman forward, very talented young lady, this guy would get verbally abusive with her. Started questioning her motivation and desire. And so the school actually sent her to me to work with me. She's been working with me. And one of the things, she's now in her second year there, and one of the things that she's done and accomplished is she said she's learned how to talk to him. And she sat down with him in the middle of her freshman year and said, I have to talk to you, coach. They set up a meeting in his office, and he said, what's going on? She said, I am having trouble with you. I'm having trouble with the way you push me. I'm having trouble with the things you say to me. It doesn't work. And to his credit, he listened to her, and said, well, I see things in you that you don't see in you, and I'm trying to pull them out. And her response was, that's not the way to do it. Yelling at me and screaming at me and calling me names doesn't work. If you want to push me and challenge me, that's great. But don't do it in a verbally abusive way. That doesn't work for me. So she had the guts to talk to him, and to his credit, he got better. He's not where he should be with her totally, but he's much better. But it's about the ability to talk Years ago, when I worked the Kansas City Royals, had an athlete on the team who was frustrated because he wasn't playing. He'd been a starter the previous year. He hadn't. He wasn't playing much at all. He pinch hit a couple times. We went on our first road trip. He sat next to me in the plane and talked about it. He said, "Doc, I'm really frustrated. I'm upset. Here's the deal." And I said, "Well, you need to go talk to the manager." He says, Doc, Major League Baseball players don't go complaining bitching to the manager they're not playing. I said, well, you know what? There's a difference between going and complaining and there's a difference between going and discussing. So we talked about it, and I knew this manager wanted players to come talk to him. So 
we discussed how to do it. And he went in to the manager's, actually in, in the dugout before a game. And as the manager walked by, he put the lineup card out. And unbeknownst to this player, he was starting. He went down to the bench and they had about a 10-minute pretty animated conversation. And he left, walked back, winked at me and high-fived me. And the manager pointed me and said, come on, down here. And he shook his hand out, shook my hand. He said, Doc, get everybody else to come talk to me. He goes, we were, we were looking at some things and I, I was wrong. I should have explained to him what was going on. And that's my fault. And I told him and I apologized. I had another situation with the college basketball team where a player at the beginning of the game, point guard, threw the ball away. And it wasn't his fault, actually, because the guy was passing it to cut the wrong way. He got pulled out and put on the bench and didn't go back in the whole first half. And he kept turning around because I sat behind the bench when he looked at me and you could tell he was very frustrated. Halftime, the, the head coach would meet with the assistant coach and talk to me. And I said, do you know you didn't put so-and-so back in the game? And he looked at me and he said, what? I didn't put him back in. This is a Division One college coach. To this coach's credit, went in the locker room at halftime and when he started the, the team discussion, he pulled this lot, this young man up to the, the front of the room and said, I owe you an apology. I did not put you back in the game. You're going to play the whole second half until you can't, until you got to come out. So it's about communication. It's about sharing. It's about discussing. And what happened was that young man played the second half, scored about 20-something points. We won the game. It was the star of the game. And afterwards, you could see the two of them hugging, and the coach said, I, 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 and he went to the team after the game and said, I, I screwed up, you know, and that's my job, my assistant's jobs to make sure that doesn't happen again. To me, that, that showed a lot of guts by that young, that coach and that young man. So that's what we're getting at today. It's about coaching. So I wanted, I'd like to hear from you. I haven't had any calls yet. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. Have you gone too far trying to push or motivate your athletes before? And if so, why? Did you learn from that? Did you grow from that? If you're an athlete and you've had a coach that pushes you too much, how do you respond? What do you do? Do you talk to them? Are you scared to say anything? Do you not say anything? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm talking about coaching today. And the topic is, how do you coach? How do you, how do you motivate? How do you push an athlete? And if you've been an athlete and you've been pushed too far, too hard by a coach, how do you react? How do you deal with that? I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach. No coaches have called you. I'd love to hear from you. If you have pushed an athlete too far. How did you react to that, respond to that, come back from that? And how did you become aware that that happened? Did you get confronted by your assistants? Did, did a parent come to you? Did the athlete say something? I think probably one of the most common themes I hear from athletes when it comes to coaches is, is fear, of, fear of talking. A lot of athletes are just scared to speak up 
Sometimes they don't want to hear the truth. Sometimes they don't want to hear what they're doing wrong. But they're also afraid if I say something, I'm not going to play. So then they'll get verbally abused in their opinion because they don't speak up. You know, sports are supposed to be tough. You're supposed to be mentally strong, physically strong. I don't care what the sport is. It could be swimming. It could be football. It could be volleyball. You're supposed to be tough. I had a young lady I worked with this this past fall who got, I mean, verbally abused, cursed at by her coach at games. Didn't say anything, though. Scared to say something to the coach. You got to talk to the coach. No, if I do, I won't play. Well, how much fun is it playing getting cursed at? I know at the end of the year, she entered the transfer portal and she's out of there. She's gone. She's already left. Unfortunately, this stuff happens a lot more than we know. Now, Blake, let me ask this question. You played sports for a long time. You've been around a lot of people. I'm sure you witnessed and saw and heard this before, where you saw a coach who went too far. What did you do? How did you, did did you say anything? Did the people say anything? Or is it just ignored and people say, oh, you just got to deal with it? Yeah, so I actually had, I believe we've talked about it on this show before. I, I had a personal incident in which I believe a coach went too far. Um, there was an incident one time, and I'm going to keep it short. Uh, essentially, one coach didn't relay a message to the um, group that was supposed to be out on the field properly. And after I asked a question, he said, no, you're not supposed to be out there. Turns out we were, I was supposed to be out there. And so then when I found out I was supposed to be out there, I sprint out there, didn't get the play call, didn't end up running the right route. It was a whole debacle. Come back to the sideline immediately after I was done. I get start getting yelled at by the head coach. And, and that's when I said, hey, I asked if I was supposed to be out there and got the wrong answer. This coach was so livid that he leaped over another player to hit me in the helmet. Now, it wasn't <laughs> – Dr. Jacobs, you know me. I'm a pretty tough guy. I've been, well, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I've been, I have been yelled at countless times in my life. I have been, you know, kind of, you know, the old coach smack on the helmet. Like, I, I've had that happen so many times. I know a normal. And that doesn't bother you? No, not when, it, not when you understand the context in which it's happening. Okay. It's understandable. Like, it's not, again, I, I've always felt like I was a pretty tough kid. I understood when somebody's intent was not hey, I'm trying to hit you. My intent was, hey, I'm smacking on top of the helmet. We got to do better next time. Let's get out there and go get him, kid. That's one thing. But but where does it go too far? Well, this is where it went too far. That's my point. When somebody reached over another player, I was, sta- I was standing behind another player. And when that coach reached over another another player to physically rear back and swat at me, that is exactly the point I knew it had gone too far. And it, I wasn't the only one who knew it was gone too far. People in the stands knew it went so, too far. So what happened? What did you do about it? Well, nothing. In, during the game, I actually couldn't believe it had actually happened. Um, I was benched for the rest of the game on offense. Uh, luckily, I had other positions. I played special teams and everything. So I, luckily, I was still needed throughout the game. 
but I did not see the field on offense the rest of the game. And this, I, I, I'm not going to lie, Dr. Jacobs, this was in high school, emotional, hormones were running. I cried, man. I, I was on the, I was so distraught and upset and mad and pissed and wanted to, I mean, I wanted to, a lot of things to that coach. Stop right there. Hold that thought. But that, that's why I'm bringing this up. Because how do you react to that? What do you do? What do you do as an athlete when a coach does that? So, okay, go on. So what happened was, is after that game, I talked with my parents. And my my dad was out of town. He never saw this. My mom was the one who witnessed it. And she always says to this day, if your father was in town, he would have been on the field. And, and my that, parents, and, and that would not have been good. And my parents are not those kind of people, right? You they, mentioned very, very uh, number of times, you've got great parents, and they wouldn't, have, you know, they're, they're they were not people. the vocal type yelling at the coach during the game. They were very just, hey, I'm glad my son's out there doing something. You know what I mean? So they, that was not the way that they acted. The following day, or maybe yes, the following day. I pulled a coach that I felt very comfortable with, a coach that I have a very great relationship. He's been on this, been on this um, program before. Pulled him aside, and I said, hey, um, I don't know if you saw this the other day, but uh, essentially I told him, hey, I was, I was extremely uncomfortable with this. And this is coming from, a, uh, you know, even to my team, this was coming from a kid who, I've never complained about the coaches. Before. No, you're you're the type of guy who's a pretty much a tough guy. You're not the type of guy that's gonna let stuff like that get to you. Yeah, you know, I, I can I can you know kind of like a, a frog in water or a turtle or whatever. You know, kind of like just let it roll off my back and then we'll move on. And I understand how <clears throat> how coaches can be sometimes. And this was not one of those times. And so I pulled this coach aside and, and he said, "Hey, if that's how you really feel, I hear you. And if that's the case, that should never have happened. And I I think you should go talk to him." And so I did. Went and talked to this guy, pulled this coach aside after practice one time, and told him. I said, hey, the other day, I believe I believe it was the Monday. We 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 had a kind of like a weightlifting thing on Saturday. After Saturday's weightlifting, I talked to my other coach. That other coach said, I think you should go address this directly with him because that is unacceptable. Monday came, practice came and went. I was done. I went and talked to him. Actually, it might have been before practice. Told him, hey, this happened on on Friday, and I was very uncomfortable with it. And like any normal person, I was expecting this coach to say, oh, my God, Blake, I'm, I'm so sorry. It was the heat of the moment. I, I shouldn't have done that. And um, that is not at all what I got in response at all. And basically this coach said, well, well, why'd you screw up? And I said, well, you actually, your coach, your other coach screwed up. And I even went to that other coach and said, Hey man, th the reason that this happened is be, and, uh, it was because of this miscommunication and, and all this. And, and he said, no, I don't think I did anything wrong. I don't think I did anything wrong. And at that moment, I couldn't believe what I was hearing from a grown-ass man. That he wasn't accepting what he did on, a on the field. And that, to me, was more flabbergasting than any other thing that's happened in my entire sports so what? So what happened after that, then? Nothing. Nothing happened, Dr. Jacobs. It was weird. But I did address it. Well, good for you. 
Uh, obviously, well, I'm going to ask ask you a question when we come back from our break here, what you learned from that. But obviously this guy uh, probably did this again, probably did it to some other people. Because if he didn't think he did anything wrong, that's a problem. It was it was very it was it was almost like I thought I was crazy for a second, well, and I'm sure you've you've had other athletes that have said that. Well, I've, I'll bring up a situation. We come back from our break about something, and, and the problem is, it's called dealing with reality and looking in the mirror. And I think effective coaches, good coaches, are willing to realize they've done something wrong and make up for it and work on themselves. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. And today we've been talking about coaching. And I've been discussing the whole issue of Coaches maybe go too far. What, what do you do if you, you're a coach and you go too far? How do you handle that as an athlete? And my producer, Blake's been sharing a great story that happened to him in high school when he got hit by a coach. I mean, you, you don't do that. Now, in the days of Woody Hayes, when you would go smack somebody, that was accepted back you know, in the 70s. That's not the way it is anymore. And so I think... It's important, you know, coaches are people, they have emotions, they have feelings, they have to deal with, with who they are. They get frustrated when the team isn't playing well. They get frustrated when the team is losing, just as much as the fans do and the athletes do. But at the same time, you you know, and everybody makes mistakes. I've made mistakes, we've all made mistakes, but it's how you react and come back from that. So what you're saying is this guy never admitted he, he screwed up. Yeah, essentially after I, I brought it up to him, he, he said, well, I remember it happening differently. And I said, okay, well, then we're now at a, we're now at a crossroads because I know what happened. You're saying it happened differently. What do I do about that? Um, and essentially I, I just kind of said, hey, I just want you to know that that is not okay. I was very uncomfortable and I would like you to apologize. So, and he wouldn't apologize. He would not apologize. He said, well, I'm not going to apologize. I don't think I did anything wrong. And it, So and, let, me, let me ask you something. You are now, how old are you now, 24? 27. 27. Man, you make me you're sound older. Younger. You're older. I, I thought you were a lot younger. Okay. I, I, I look it. younger, I know. Yes, I, you I did. age beautifully. I actually thought I was going to say 22. Um, no. Okay, so that happened... Probably what eight years ago? Yeah, it was probably 2010, 2011. Okay, so ten. So year, about ten, 10 years, years ago. ago. All right, you remember it very vividly today. A hundred percent. It's left a big impact on you. How do you grow and learn from that down the road? What well, has that What has that done for you to help you develop as a person? Well, I think the one thing it it, it showed me is one. Coaches are not gods. They're not infallible. They're not something, you know, I know a lot of I know a lot of players like to look up to their coaches and they should because hopefully they're upstanding men, they're upstanding women, they're upstanding, you know, people. But they're not all the time. And you have to recognize when one is and one isn't. And you also have to grow a sense of responsibility of yourself to be able to talk to your coach. Even though my talk did not go the way I wanted it to. I know for a fact that since then, or uh, the rest of my time that I was there, I never saw that coach do that again. 
Not one time. And I know going forward, anytime I had an issue with a coach, I brought it up very directly. And I stood firm in what I felt was wrong because as a player, you tend to know what's right and wrong. You you know when your your button has been pushed too far. And I never failed to bring that up if I ever felt that that was an issue again. So what you're telling us, Blake, is you learn from that situation, even though you're not sure the coach totally did, although maybe he did because you said to your knowledge, you don't know if he's ever done that again. Yeah, and you said he's now a head coach at a high school. Yeah, he, he's now the head coach at a high school, and like I said, I, I think I think it was one of those things that he didn't want to admit it, but the the more stern that I was, I think that he scared himself enough, even though he was too stubborn to admit it to me, I never witnessed him do that again to any player. Well, then my sense is, based on what you're telling me, even though he wouldn't admit to you what he did, in his heart, he probably knew he did. So that yeah. that pro- actually, you indirectly, you've probably helped him become a better coach. I hope because so. of what happened with you. Um, if you know, to your knowledge, that hasn't happened again. Of course, you're not at every game he of coaches, course, but of course, from what you what you've heard, that's that's pretty much the way it is. And and one of the the you know, and, and maybe this is a little odd, but the one of the weirder things about that is is this man and I have a decent relationship now. And I, I do believe that it came back to that day. Again, even though he didn't admit it, this probably was the first time he's ever been called out on something like that. And, and nobody likes to be told when they're wrong. But I, I do believe from what I've seen action-wise that that day I think he realized, oh, my gosh, I, I think I did do something wrong even though I'm not going to admit it. And hopefully it changed him for the better. You know, hopefully it did. Well, you know, I, I, I think that here's the key thing. I, I mean, a coach wears many hats. They're guides, they're mentors, they're disciplinarians, they're directors, they're psychologists, they're friends. But, you know, uh, coaches are people, and they screw up just like everybody screws up. They make mistakes. They say things they shouldn't say, do things they shouldn't do. You know, no one's perfect. Everyone everyone does things that that, you know, especially in the world of sports, I mean, what's perfection, you know? I mean, the last team to go undefeated in the NFL was the Miami Dolphins back in the 70s, 17-0. It hasn't happened since. A couple teams got close. But sports, is, to me, is the greatest discipline to learn about who you are because it's about mental, physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual, all of that together. And you get an opportunity to see what you can do. But I think the, the most important factor that we're getting at here, I think to be an effective coach You've got to really look in the mirror every day and ask yourself, how am I affecting these, the people I'm working with, these young people I'm working with? And if I've done something I shouldn't do or said something I shouldn't say, how do I re- react back from that? I know there's a, there's a, a assistant basketball coach in this community who's still coaching, who years ago I had a young man I was working with and at a practice, I've shared this on the show before, at a practice, the young man who's a point guard threw the ball away. They huddled up, and two seconds later, he's drilled in the back of his head with a ball. The assistant coach threw it at him, and, and I mean, just drilled him and knocked him down and started yelling at him, screaming at him, why'd you do that? You know, you can't do that. The young man's dad, he, he left practice. The young man's dad came up to the school and had words with this coach. I mean... It could have gotten physical, but it didn't. The young man tra- left the school, transferred. That was it. 
said, I'm not going to have that happen. Now, they thought about taking legal action against him. I mean, he got a concussion from that. They very well could have. Well, they didn't, but he transferred to another school from Kansas to Missouri so he could actually still play because it, you don't have to deal with the, the yeah, sitting out rules, transfer rules across state. But he would never go back. to. I mean, he left that school that day and never went back. And so that, that in fact, I ran into this young man a couple of years ago and uh, I, I was at a store and, and all of a sudden, Dr. Jacobs, Dr. Jacobs, I hear him. And he talked to me and I said, how have you been doing? He goes, great. He graduated college. But he brought that up. He said, that situation changed my life. And it changed how I looked at people in authority. And today, I still have trouble trusting people because of what happened. I think, you know, with that story, with my story, I, I think the one thing I want to tell young athletes and, and any coaches listening is to the athletes, you are not powerless. You have power. You have to be able to, to feel comfortable speaking up. And if you don't feel comfortable, find the courage to be comfortable. Tell somebody, even if it's not addressing it with the with the person that it may be wronged you, tell somebody, tell another coach make sure that that voice gets out there because eventually it will come back in your favor, hopefully, as long as somebody knows about it. No, no problems can be solved if not. And to any coaches, if you're listening to any of these stories that we're telling, please just remember at the end of the day, being a coach is not about having an ego. It's not about having a power trip. It, you're there to, to to guide and teach young kids and, and, and men and women alike. Like, that's what your job is. Your job is not to dictate them. It's to help them and learn them. Well, we mentioned at the top of the show that Dick Vermeil just is getting inducted in the NFL Hall of Fame. He got nominated and, and has received that award. We'll be going into Canton this fall. And I've heard many athletes, many players come out and talk about what an impact he's had on their lives. Will Shields, who's in the NFL Hall of Fame, talked about it. And Dante Hall, who was a great player with the Chiefs, talked about the role they had, and also the role his wife Carol had, because they Dick Vermeil cared about his athletes as people, and that's as we wrap up today, that's a key thing. I think I think a great coach has to wear many hats, as we said, but but in the end, you've got to care about these people, the people you're working with, as human beings, as you would want yourself to be treated. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'm here every week. We talk about the mental side of sports on this show. I'd love to hear from you. If you've got topics or questions you'd like to, me to bring up, you can always reach me at my office, 816-561-5556, 816-561-5556. My website is winnersunlimited.com, and you can always send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. Love to hear from you. Get your thoughts. And here's the thing. I do this show to help you make sports fun, enjoyable, and learn something from it. I love what I do. I've been in practice for 41 years. I hope to do it for another 15, 20 years. God willing, I stay healthy. And the reason I do this show is to help you feel good about who you are and get something from it. Hope you enjoy your, yourselves. Stay well, stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. 